Good morning, everyone. We stand and welcome the Lord into this place this morning. Amen. Here we go. We're going to sing it to the King of Glory today. We'll lift up our voices together. Come on, we'll sing it. Here we go. Oh, don't lose heart, oh, my soul, oh, my soul.
Palm Sunday. Church, can we just sing it one more time? Just cry out to him and say, Lord, you are welcome in this place. We cry Hosanna to you because you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, Lord, be with us in this place because we know what you have done. We know that you laid down your life for us. And we praise you when we worship you because you are so awesome and giving of your life for us, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Would you just sing out for us, church? Just sing out to the Lord and cry Hosanna. Good, amen, church. The Lord is good. Hosannas, we welcome into this place. Thank you, Jesus. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, Hosanna in the highest. We give you glory, Heavenly Father, for this time, Lord, of worship, Lord, in your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory, Lord. Sing this out. What's a moment? There was a moment when the lights went out, when death had claimed its victory. The King of Love had given up his life. The darkest day in history. on the cross they made for sinners for every curse is blood atoned when final breath and it was finished but not the end we could have known for the earth began to shake was made as if heaven's rose. Sing this, sing. Oh, hail King Jesus. 
Heavenly Father, we do hail you, King Jesus. We declare in this place that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we welcome you in. Because on that day when you walked into Jerusalem and you rode in on that donkey, they thought you were coming to be the king of their nation. But they didn't realize that you were there to be the king of the whole world. The Lord and Lord and Savior for all. And so today we lift up all honor and all glory and all praise to you. And we hail you, King Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing in this place in the lives of those that are here today and for the things that you will do. Thank you for the miracles that you have brought across the nation and the miracles that you will bring. Thank you for the change that we know is coming, for the revival that we proclaim. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to see you in the house of God this Palm Sunday. Could you turn to someone and say, welcome to God's house. Good morning, my family. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, good morning. So good to see you in God's house. Like I said just a minute ago, Amen. it's no better place to be on a Sunday morning than right. in the house of the Lord, holy ground. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We want to welcome you. Allow us to introduce ourselves. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And my name is Roxy de Santiago. I'm a worship leader for you. It's an honor to be here. Amen. Hey. And uh, church, uh, just before we, we turn over the pulpit to Pastor Richard, we always like to catch you up on what's going on. And one of the things that we're so excited about going on right now is youth camp. Yes. And so for our young people, here's what I want to ask of you. Amen. We can celebrate our young people. But church, uh, here's how we really want to celebrate our young people, supporting them in that, uh, in that venture of youth camp. And if you have a young person that you want to support, um, and you want to send them out to youth camp and you want to register, registration deadline is coming up in the middle of April. And so we're just about three weeks away from deadline. If you don't have somebody that you want to send, maybe you don't have a young, maybe, maybe you're an empty nester. What? No. Sorry, Rox. Yeah, I know. It's very sad. Maybe you have two kids going to college. Yeah, I do. I'm in, about to start. MSU. I, I don't know what to do with all my time. Uh, or or, right. may, or or those two registration fees that That's you used true. to pay. Listen, whatever right? you've got to do, right? I will tell you one That's thing right. about youth camp. It is a life-changing event. Mm -hmm. There are things that you hear in youth camp, ways that people speak to you in youth camp that they are not going to speak to you in any other place. And it's a moment where the outside world is completely shut off, completely pulled away, and you're just within a circle of people who are all there to hear and learn about God. And the message that you hear in that place is transforming. It will carry you through 
years and years and years. So if you don't have someone that you can send, what Michael is saying is do something like what I could do is sponsor another child to go because it is the biggest advancement that you could have in our generations to come. Is that what you're trying to get at, Michael? That's exactly what I'm saying. So, Roxy, get that checkbook out. Checkbook. Get that checkbook. Do we still do checks? Hey, you wrote me a check last year. I ain't trying to hear it. I'm not trying to hear it from you. He he asked for a check. So I was church, gonna Venmo if, him. You, if you don't have a young person in your life, we ask you, please support them in that venture. Support the youth group, even if it's selling chocolate on behalf of one of the kids and say, hey, I just want to sell chocolate for this or IYC is coming up. But, hey, uh, support the youth group in that. Hey, church, also don't forget that uh, Easter Sunday is just, well, obviously, a week from today. Yeah, just one right? week. Let's yeah. celebrate the Lord celebrate. for that. Amen. It's an amazing time to be, um, it's, it's the most important celebration that we have as Christians. It is exactly why we are Christians. We believe that God died, and on the third day, he rose again, Amen. and he died for our That's for right. our sins. Amen. That's what being a Christian is about. So I hope to see you on Sunday. We have um, a lot planned. That's right. Um, it'll be regular service times. That's right, 9 and 11. There will be exciting things for your kids to do over there in, in children's church. We're going to sugar them up. It's going to be great. We're going to get them ready. And, and we're going to give them back like, to you. Yes, Evan. Why yes, don't you on. guys go out to eat somewhere? <laughs> hey, one, one thing I do want to celebrate, and I want to really say thank you to every single one of you and those watching from home. Uh, we ordered 2,000 invitations, and we completely ran out, and we had to reorder this week. Right. So we want to say thank you for the hard work that you guys are doing and doing what you're supposed to be doing and, and spreading the love of Christ and even to your server right at the at, at church Sunday afternoon lunch or in the middle of the week, your co-workers. So thank you. We don't mind reordering. What we don't like is throwing it away. That's right. right? We don't want to be horrible stewards of that. So as long as we have to reorder, if we have to reorder again, we will. But family... I ask you, please, we have some more of those Easter invites today. The ushers are ready today after service. If you want three or four more to invite more neighbors or coworkers, family, friends, it doesn't matter who, or even just for your server, uh, but be intentional about those invitations that you hand out. That's right. So important. There's so many other things that are happening here at New Beginnings Church. You can pull up that QR code. You can pull up our website, our, our Facebook page, and take a look at it. All kinds of things happening None of those things would be possible, church, without your faithful giving. So I just want to say thank you to those who give faithfully. It's so important to the work that we do here at New Beginnings Church. Thank you so very much. Let's celebrate that because it's it's just an amazing work that you and I are doing. And in that, I ask you that today after service, I know some of you are going to be hungry. We ask you to support Frontline Resurrection tonight, today, as they're going to be holding a Frito pie sale uh, out there. So if you're looking for some good eats today, they're going to be having a Frito pie sale out there. So we ask you to support that. Amen. Amen. And with that, we turn the pulpit over to our senior pastor, Pastor Richard Mansfield. Why don't you take the pulpit, my pastor? I need to be paying more attention to what he's saying. I I thank you guys again for all your love and support and your prayers. I'm definitely getting stronger. I I can't wait to, uh, this week at physical therapy, they're supposed to walk, uh, work with me on using my cane. So... I'm hoping that I'll be able to be walking out with a cane, and pretty soon I'll be able to just dance with a cane, you know? So, (laughs) 
if, uh, if you're new, uh, I'm the senior pastor here, and I had a hip replacement, and so I'm recovering for that because they might be going, who is this dude, and what's his, what's his story? So, uh, guys, today is Palm Sunday, and uh, it, was a, it was the beginning of an end but the beginning of an end of a beginning. And Jesus had the triumphal entrance. He's there in uh, Bethany, and I've been there before, and, and there's a big, well, they call it the Mount of Olives, but it's not like a big mountain. See, we, we have mountains, and over there they have big, big hills, but they call them mountains. And... Uh, we were at the very top, and some of you were with me on that trip, and we're walking down the trail where Jesus came with his disciples, and he stopped, and he told them, now go in to Jerusalem. You're going to find this donkey tied up. It's a, it's a donkey that's never been ridden, and when... I need you to bring it to me. And when you bring it, the owner is going to say, what's up, man? Why are you messing with my dog, my donkey? You know, that's my car. You know, that's a four on the floor, man. <laughs> and he goes, the master has use of it. He goes, oh, take it. So they bring Jesus this donkey, and they're throwing their robes, their tunics over the donkeys for him to ride on. And... It's still dirt. It's not even paved where he's coming. And they're throwing down their, their robes and they're getting palm branches, throwing them. And then he finally gets into the road and he, and he starts coming in. And he's looking at Jerusalem and he's, he's weeping because they really don't get it. The religious leaders definitely didn't get it. They missed it. Can you imagine you've been studying scripture all your life and you missed the Messiah? And in Luke chapter 19, verse 38, it says, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. They're just praising him. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. We just sang it. And they're just celebrating and saying, the king is arrived, the, the ambassador of God, the ambassador of, of the Lord, who is the representative of God himself. And then at the end of the week, they're saying, crucify him. Just five days later, a Sunday he rides in, the triumphant king, and Friday they nail him to a cross. And he was a representative of God, the physical image of God. He was an ambassador of God. And then when he ascended 50 days later, after his resurrection, he ascended into heaven and the disciples are there and they're, they're asking him all kinds of questions. What, when is it going to happen? He says, no one knows the day nor the time. And he says, but in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, 
but you will receive power. You, you guys right here, you're going to receive power. And that goes for us guys right here. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Oh, Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Holy Spirit, be in our life. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us. Holy Spirit, be the center point of our life. And you will be my witnesses. You're going to be telling people about me everywhere, both in Albuquerque, in Bernalillo County, New Mexico, and even the ends of the earth. Lord, help us to understand how to be an ambassador of mercy to our world. I pray this in Christ's name, amen. You know, he says, you're going to be my witnesses. I want you to share everything that you've seen from the time you met me to the time that I ascended into heaven and I'm now seated at the right hand of the Father. I want you to tell everyone about that. I want you to tell them everything that you saw in between. I want you to tell them of the transformation that takes place when you come to know Jesus Christ. I want you to tell the stories that you've heard from this pulpit and in this room, people that have been transformed, that they were lost and they were doomed for hell and they were taken out of the pit of hell and transformed by the power of God. Is there anybody here that that's happened to? Anyone here that that's taken place? That's right. We got a room full. A room full of people that were throwaways. A room full of people that were forgotten. A room full of people that were told, you will never amount to anything and you will never change. And now you carry the name of reverend and now you carry the name of supervisor. And now you carry the name of office manager. And now you carry the name and you carry a title because God has transformed your life. That's not even in my notes. I want you to tell people of what you've seen in Luke chapter 9, or or chapter 6, rather, verse 36. He said, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. He's saying, I want you to show mercy to others just like Our Heavenly Father has shown mercy to us. Our greatest witness is showing mercy. Our greatest witness is showing the mercy of God to someone that needs it and someone that is lost and someone that needs the power of God flowing, going through them and coming to know them. So if we're going to be those ambassadors of mercy, just like he was an ambassador riding in on that glorious, glorious Palm Sunday, we need to understand what an ambassador looks like. A few years ago, I got a letter from Mayor Tim Keller. He happens to be the mayor of Albuquerque. And this was on his first uh, go-round. And I get a letter and it says, Pastor Mansfield, uh, I've come to know you in a lot of arenas. Every place I seem to go, there you are. He goes, you had a huge outreach over here, and I showed up, and there you are. There's a huge outreach over here, and there you are. There, there, here, there, everywhere, there you are. So I want to invite you and name you 
as an ambassador of the city of Albuquerque. We have ambassadors and they're men and women that we feel truly exemplify what New Mexico's all about. People that love our city and love our people and love our culture and love red and green and love 505 and we love this city. And he goes, and I believe you represent that. He goes, so I want you to be an ambassador of the city. And I'm like, really? Man, I, I hope I'll make you proud. And so they named me an ambassador of the city of Albuquerque. And I was honored. And then they gave me a list of the things I should look like and be like when I go out in the public and to speak and share of the great things that are happening in the city of Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the county of Bernalillo, and in the state of New Mexico. Well, you and I have been called ambassadors. He says, you and I, we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Jesus was the greatest ambassador. So what are some of the characteristics? How can we be more merciful? The first thing we have to understand that ambassadors look and listen for people's needs. Jesus always was looking and listening for people's needs. Jesus never lost sight of that. Jesus was always looking beyond the person's skin, beyond the person's eyes. He looked deep into the spirit. He looked into the heart. The Bible says that our eyes are a window to the heart. And a lot of people miss it. Paul tells us in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 4, he says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So don't just be so hung up about you. Don't just be looking at you. You know how it is when you're walking and all of a sudden there happens to be some windows there and you're walking and you go, orale, man, who is that beautiful lady? Wow, I look good, don't I? Man, I'm a good-looking dude. And you're like, yeah, right, okay. That's just a side view. Let's look at your real person. Jesus sees the real person. An ambassador sees the real person. How many times do you walk past people and you miss the brokenness in their life? You miss it. You don't see them. You don't see them. You're not hearing what they're saying. When they speak, you can hear what they're saying. I've missed it. You've missed it. We've all missed it before. The book of Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 21, it says, looking at the man, Jesus, this rich man had come and said, hey, Jesus, how, how do I get into heaven? I, I obey all the commandments. I, I do everything. And he says, looking at the man, looking at the man. He heard, but he was looking at the man. And as he's looking at him, he's seen beyond what's going on. He's seen beyond what's happening. He's seen beyond that moment. He's seen that right now, this guy is truly seeking and he's truly wanting to know, how can I get to heaven? I do everything right. And he says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. He felt mercy for him. And there's one thing you haven't done. 
Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. In other words, the last thing you need to do is make me your God and not your money. See, there's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with being rich. There's a lot of really rich people in the Bible, but guess what? God was their God, not their money. And we need to make sure that God always remains our God and not our possessions, not our money. If God asked you to give something up and he says, I want you to sell your iPad. I want you to sell your tablet. I want you to get rid of your laptop. I want you to get rid of your phone. I want you to get rid of your internet. I want you to, man, some of us would really freak out and say, okay, God, you've gone too far now. Are you with me? Because it's become that thing to us. So ambassadors look and listen for people's needs. Another thing ambassadors do is they aren't offended by people's sins. They're not all freaked out. Jesus never went, what? Oh my gosh, what kind of person are you? The woman at the well, you remember the woman at the well? She was drawing water at noon. You know when the women used to draw water? First thing in the morning, because they needed the water supply for the breakfast and the day's journey. But she wasn't liked very much, and you've got to see what's happening there. When you look and listen to what's happening, you see that she was not welcomed and liked very much. And Jesus had told the disciples, hey, why don't you go get us some Subway sandwiches, and when you go get the sandwiches and get us some taquitos, just go to all subs and get some burritos and chimichangas. So they go off to get it, and Jesus is sitting there, and she comes, and he starts talking to her. First of all, men didn't talk to women like that in public, and second of all, he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan. They never talk, and he's talking to her. And she, he goes, yeah, you know what? I already know your life. You've already been married a whole bunch of times, and now you're living with a guy you're not even married to. And she's like, orale. <laughs> there was nobody there to gossip to him. How does he know that? <laughs> Jesus didn't go, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. You've been married so many times, and you're living with some dude. Now get out of my sight. Get out of my presence. <laughs> I've seen Christians like that. I've seen Christians like that. I've met Christians like that. I've met ministers like that. In the book of Jude, in verses 22 and 23, there's only one chapter, so chapter one, but verse 22 and 23, it says, you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. When someone's struggling in their faith, that don't go, what's wrong with you? Are you going to backslide? Are you already, you're already one foot in the grave. You know what? You already got one foot in hell. What's wrong with you? Well, thanks for your love and help. Rescue others by, by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others. But do with great caution, hating the sin that contaminated their lives. See, we're supposed to hate the sin, but not the sinner. So 
We want to welcome you. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know where we came from. We know where we are. Some of us are still right smack in the middle of the sin. Some of us have finally got out, and every once in a while, we fall back in. And it's like, what's wrong with this? In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, more important of all, continue to show. He says, continue. You've got to continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean you ignore the sin. That means that you love them so much that that sinner doesn't feel like a sinner anymore because they go, I can't believe it. You treat me like a human being. You don't treat me like the scum of the earth. You don't treat me like this reject. You don't treat me like this horrible person. You treat me with dignity and love and with respect. I can't believe it. No one's treated me like that in a long time. That's what ambassadors do. They don't get all freaked out and all offended. Oh, I don't talk to gossipers. No, don't gossip with them, but talk to them. I don't talk to people that drink alcohol. Minister to them. I don't talk to people that do recreational drugs or just straight out hardcore drugs. Love them and minister to them. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Be patient with each other. Sometimes I lose my patience. Father, forgive me. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love, Lord. Let me tell you something ambassadors don't do. Ambassadors of Christ ambassadors of mercy don't expect unbelievers to act like believers until they are believers so if you're not a believer don't expect them to act like a believer because they're not a believer now once they become a believer hold them to the standard that the bible sets for them to live by not by what you think. Oh, who do you think you are? Are you judging me? No, I'm trying to help you learn. I'm trying to help you grow. This is what the Bible says we should do. This is the, what the Bible says how we should live. This is what the Bible says how we should speak and act and be like. And you know what? I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to judge you. In Matthew chapter 9, you see this played out in just these four verses, 10 through 13. It says later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his house for dinner as dinner guests. Now, this is Matthew, the tax collector that became a disciple. And he invites Jesus and the disciples, but along with a bunch of tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I always think it's hilarious when they put this adjective for sinners. Sinners is already bad enough. It's, uh, well, you know, I got tax collectors and sinners. No, these are disreputable sinners. But then when you think about it, some of us are sinners, and then some of us are disreputable sinners. Don't all of us know somebody that's way out there? They're like, orale. I'm not that nuts. They're nuts. They're crazy. Man. So that's the kind of people that are there. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples. They got all snooty. So why does your teacher eat with such scum? 
Wow, tell us how you really feel about them. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Don't you just love Jesus? Jesus is like so cool, man. Jesus takes out his sword that goes, <laughs> just chops him up to pieces. And it says, then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. So he's talking to the Pharisees, okay? Not to the tax collector. He's talking to the Pharisees. People that are not ambassadors of God's mercy. Because they get all offended over anything. He says, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they're sinners. You see, I don't freak out with people's sins, Jesus says. Because let me tell you something. You Pharisees are standing right in front of me, and I'm not freaking out with your sin. I'm just hoping you get it. And he's saying to us, if we're going to be ambassadors of mercy, we need to get it. We need to get it. Another thing we need to do is ambassadors think and pray before they speak. Boy, I've stuck my foot in my mouth so much, people go, oh, I see you have a size 12 foot. How did you know? How did you know it's written all over your face? I'm like, uh-oh. Come on, people. You're not all that innocent yourselves either. <clears throat> Have you ever just done something really dumb? You opened your mouth? Like, why do we open our mouth? Why did I do that? They say a closed mouth gathers no flies. <clears throat> so, callate. That's why we say, shut up, you mouse. Because my goodness gracious, Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says, let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. God, help us have the right response. Help me not to send people to hell. Help me not to turn them away from you. I think we have some of the greatest greeters in this church. David, the, the little skinny dude that wears the fedora. That vato is a vato suave, man. I mean, that dude is just all, he, he's always just decked out, man. And he has the coolest little hats and the neatest little mustache and but he greets you with his heart right there. His heart's just right there. And he just greets, and, he, and his whole team has to learn from him, and they do the same thing. But David has invited people in before. People that were walking by and say, come in, come in. God's got a word for you. And they're like, what? Wait, I didn't even know this was a church. Well, now you do. Come on in. He told one lady, Come in. 
God has a word for you. I know he does. And I want you to know something. If you don't believe that God spoke to you at the end of the service, I'll be right here and come and slap me. And she went, what? He goes, yeah. And she got saved that service. See, he's trying to show very kind, loving words. James chapter 3, verse 17 says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. And it shows no favoritism. It is always sincere. That's, what, that's who we need to be. An ambassador is also, an ambassador values saving lives over keeping rules. Now look, that doesn't mean you have a right to break rules. I'm not saying that. But sometimes we get so hung up. It's like, it says no parking. Why are you parking? Well, there's somebody there that just fell. I pulled over. I got there and helped them up, and now I'll be on my way. So I'm breaking the rule. It says no parking, but I parked to help and assist somebody, and now I helped them up. They're on their way, and I could get back in my car and move. See, you, you don't get hung up and, sorry, you're not supposed to do that. Sorry, you're not supposed to do that. Look, do, do we cut the donuts anymore, or do you get the whole thing? Really, I, I don't even know. I don't eat donuts, so, I, so you get the whole thing. Okay. The reason I ask that is we used to cut them in half, mainly because I was like, I don't think we have enough money to buy donuts for everybody. Most churches sell you the donut just to let you know. Okay, we give them away. Okay? And we used to cut them in half. So you know what people would do? Get two halves. I only have a half in this hand and another half in this hand. So it's like I would tell the, the donut people, don't get shook. Some would be, they got two halves. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, chill out. Now, some people get carried away, and they would get two halves and two halves and two halves, and it's like, come on, man. Leave some for other people also. But, but, but you know what? Quit being so stressed out. Jesus, look, one day the disciples are walking, and it's, it's the Sabbath. You weren't supposed to work on Saturday. And they hadn't eaten, and they're walking through a field of wheat, and the wheat was ready for harvest. And, and so they were just kind of going through as they're walking, and they were just pulling off all the little oats at the top of the wheat, and, and they were just munching on them. So it's almost like eating Cheerios, okay? So they're munching, and, and, and the Pharisees went nuts. I can't believe you're... Your men are working on the Sabbath. They're not 
not working. They're not harvesting. They're just walking through and they saw some corn nuts and they wanted some. Chill out. Calm down. So he says, "Let, let me tell you a story. If one of your livestock gets stuck in the mud, you're going to do everything to get him out so it doesn't die, even if it's on the Sabbath. So you can break your those rules, but you can't break these rules. In other words, what he's saying is don't get so hung up on, 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 you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Instead, why don't you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I have wisdom to know what to do and not to do. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, it says, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, By the way, someone has told me, many people have told me this. I don't go to church because there's hypocrites there. And I'm like, ay caramba, (laughs) really? No, you know what? When I would get finally tired of hearing that, I would say, no problem, we have room for one more, come on. But look, if anyone should be in a church, it should be who? A hypocrite. So that they get saved and they won't be a hypocrite anymore. Are you with me? It's almost like saying, you know what? I quit going to the gym over there because there's fat people there. Why would they let fat people in a gym? Because maybe they're trying to get thin. Maybe they're trying to get healthy. That's why Jesus said, sick people need Jesus. And I was the sick of the sickest. Amen? Man, what's wrong with us? Well, thank God we're not like that, okay? But I've heard some churches around town are. No, you know what? We have been guilty ourselves. Father, forgive us. He says, hypocrites, for you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the more important things. He goes, you're not living it. Live it out. So we have to remember that ambassadors are on duty all the time. You're on duty all the time. Look, I try my hardest to be a Christian 24 hours a day. Every once in a while, my stupid flesh comes out and I might have an attitude or be impatient or act the way I shouldn't or say something I shouldn't or and 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 I don't cuss. I, I don't cuss anymore. But you don't have to cuss because the same attitude comes out. And and sometimes I'm guilty of that. And what's even harder is a lot of people know me. We have a large congregation. Oh that's my pastor, that's my pastor. No matter where I go, someone will know me. I'm I'm not kidding you. 
Cindy's like, can't we go any place where they don't know you? I go, I don't know, you know. And, and, and then now I carry the title of a pastor. So guess what? Well, let's see how the pastor acts. Let's see how the pastor acts. And then I'm supposed to be an ambassador of the city. Let's see how the ambassador acts. Are you with me? It's like, oh my gosh, every place you go. Back in the day, way back in the day, we used to have a little cheer in our our grade school. Every place you go, people want to know who you are. So we tell them, we are the tigers, the mighty, mighty tigers, you know. (laughs) Did you guys ever do that at your school? No? Okay. Well, we were the Marion Manor Tigers, elementary school. See, Every place we go, people want to know who we are. So we tell them we're the ambassadors, the ambassadors of mercy, showing God's mercy. Every place we go, here we are. That's what we do. We show God's mercy. And we do it all the time. So some of the things you got to be attentive to. Ambassadors are always attentive to people in crisis and listen to them. You see it, you see it. I've told you this bunches of times, but I really mean it. I'll, I'll be wherever. And I just go, are you okay? When I was in the hospital in Lubbock, My doctor, they had said, he's, oh, I said, hey, where's Dr. Gaines? They go, he's at his lake house. So I'm thinking, wow, how cool. He's got a lake house. He must have spent the weekend with his family, had a good time. So on Monday when he got there, I go, hey, Dr. Gaines, did you have fun at your lake house? I wish I could say I have. I did, but uh, I've been living out there for two months now. Now, just that told me, oh, man, I listened. I heard. I heard his pain. I saw his countenance change. And I go, Dr. Gaines, I don't know if you know what you mean to me and my family. You literally saved my son's life. You operated on him, and you brought him back to life from death. We love you and Dr. Bayuth. You guys operated on him for 16 hours and he came back to life. You mean a lot to me, but now you've given me a new hip. And I go, thank you. And he held my hand, but I go, I got to pray for you right now. And I put my hand on his shoulder as I held his hand and I just started praying for him and his family and his relationship with his wife. And I prayed for all kinds of personal, personal stuff that God put on my heart. And he had tears rolling down his cheek. And then he said, man, I wish I would have had you as my pastor two months ago. And I was like, man, to hear the brokenness in him. You live in the same household with some people that are broken and you've missed it. You're related to some of them. You work with them. You go to school with them. You 
you are right alongside of them and you miss it every day. Galatians 6, 2 says, share each other's burdens. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Another thing is ambassadors are attentive to people with unmet needs and they help them. They see, man, this person has a need. I, I got to do something to help them. I, 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 let's see what we could do to make sure that they're going to have their needs met. I don't know if I could do it, but I'll, I'll try to find someone that can. Be attentive to people that are broken and hurting and have needs. In the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 2 and 3, it says, we should help others do what is right and build them up. Build them up in the Lord. And then it goes on to say, for even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scripture says, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Just know that sometimes people aren't going to even be nice even when you're nice to them. But be nice anyway, amen? See, another thing ambassadors are is they're attentive to people who are grieving and they comfort them. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I love this verse because it says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. And it says, he comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. So God is the Father of mercy and the Father of comfort, and he comforts us so that we can in turn turn around and comfort others. You know, I used to say, hurt people, hurt people, and Pastor Chris said, yeah, that's right, Pastor, but heals people, heal people. And I go, oh, I go, that'll preach, brother. And now they're using that tagline all the time. You know why? Because they have found healing in their lives and they're going around as healing agents and ambassadors of God's mercy to heal other people. It says he comforts us in our troubles so that we could comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You see... We've got to be attentive. Ambassadors are also attentive to people needing a friend and show hospitality. Needing a friend and show hospitality. I've always been, I think because you've heard my story. I grew up with my lang my first language was Spanish. All we ever spoke was Spanish in our home. And so my first language was Spanish, and I went to kindergarten speaking only Spanish, and they, man, they brutalized me, and after a week, I, I was a kindergarten dropout. I, I did, I'm like, I, I, I can't go back. So my mom and dad put me in a, a Catholic school, and, and, and I wasn't even old enough to be in first grade, but, you know, it's a parochial school where you're paying. As long as you pay the tuition, we'll take it. So now, 
I went from being treated horrible at a kindergarten, and now I'm being treated horrible at the Catholic school because I can't speak English. And because of that, and then my last name is Mansfield. You would think a Mansfield could speak English, and I couldn't. So I've always gone through life explaining, they, you know, to this day, how's a Mansfield a Mexican? Well, let me tell you, it all started, and, you know, and, I, and I tell my story. And, and I don't have a problem telling my story, but, but, but people still ask. They're saying how and why and on and on. So because of that, I have always been <clears throat> this guy that goes for the underdog, if someone's picking on someone, I would go and protect them. If someone was dogging somebody, I would go and just take care of them. And I'd say, you know what, man? You better leave this dude alone or you're going to have to deal with me. And I wasn't, I wasn't like a fighter. I wasn't, but I was a pretty, I wasn't big and heavy or anything back then, but, but I had a big old chest and I used to lift. And so I was intimidating. And I would put people in their spot, and I defended a lot of people. And that's who I've been, and I try to still be that person. Seeing people in need, people that need a friend, and I try to be friendly to them. And because I've been friendly to so many people, some people think that we're best, best friends. And the sad thing is I don't know who they are. I just know I help them. And they're there, pastor, oh my gosh, pastor, look, that's my pastor, we're best friends. And I'm like, hey, sister, yeah, brother. And I'm like, God, I don't know who these people are. Good thing I was nice to them. But you know what? Show hospitality. The Bible even says show hospitality because you never know if you're entertaining an angel unaware. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 13, it says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to, play, to practice hospitality. Be eager to be hospitable, to really show them kindness. In Matthew, chapter 25, verse 37 through 40, it says, then those religious leaders, or righteous, rather, then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king said, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Man. Show, show God's love and hospitality. Mercy. Last two characteristics of an ambassador that's on duty at all times is they're attentive to people who need a second chance. Aren't you glad someone took the time to tell you about the second chance God gave you? I know I am. I thought my life was over. I thought my marriage was over, my life was over, my everything was over. 
and someone took the time to share the love of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse seven. And however, now, however, is the time to forgive and comfort him. Other, otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. Show them love. And then the last thing an ambassador is attentive to is they're attentive to people who are rude, but they're kind anyway. They're kind to them anyway. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults. When people insult you, instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Oh, in Hebrew chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Church, one of the things that New Beginnings is known for is for a congregation that shows God's love. That is a loving congregation. When people walk through the doors of our church, they go, God, you guys are so loving. Some people kind of freak out, like, Orale, why are you trying to hug me? They don't, they, they, because we're, we're huggers. Not everyone's a hugger. Some people hug like that, and some people hug like that, but they keep their hand over their wallet because they don't know, are you trying to get their wallet? That, no, you know, people, people are just, they're a little, they're, they're kind of overwhelmed. But I encourage you in the name of Jesus as ambassadors of God's mercy, Smother them with God's love. Smother them with God's love. Don't be rude. Don't be ugly. Don't go up to them. Turn or burn. Come to Jesus or go to hell. Wow. Show them God's love the way you have been shown his love. And maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and today you're going, man, This sermon was for me. I I really need God's mercy. And if you've never surrendered to Christ and you want to do that, I encourage you to do that. Say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Is there anyone here? Raise your hand and we want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. I want to bless you. Amen. Back there, Pastor. Amen. So would everyone stand so that we could take time to... Go before the Lord. And if, what? Was there someone that raised their hand? I'm sorry, I didn't see them. Did, they, did you see them? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anybody. But there is? Okay, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Come on up here, brother. I want to pray with you. I want to celebrate. Praise the Lord, brother. God bless you. Pastor Chris, get over here and let's pray. Man, we want to celebrate with you guys. Church, let's all say this prayer and encourage our brethren. Say, Heavenly Father, 
Today I realize I need a Savior. I need a new start, a fresh start, a new beginning. And in the name of Jesus, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord and want to live for him from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Was that you too, sis? Was that you too? Guys, we're so happy for you. Look, Pastor Chris, he's going to take you to a room to give you a Bible and some material we have for you. Because we want you to have victory. But we're celebrating with you all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you have kind of wavered in your faith. And it's time to get right back where you need to be. And some of you need to just say, God, I'm doing so good, but I want to stay doing good. Whatever your need might be, if you have needs, and it might not have anything to do with what we just talked about, but you're overwhelmed, please make your way up to get receive prayer. There's people that are prayer partners. They've been assigned by me to pray with you. I know some of you want to be a prayer partner. If you have not talked to me, you need to talk. You don't just come up and pray with people because some people have left really offended and said, I can't believe some of the things they told me. That's why I meet with them first. So, but make your way up and there's prayer people that are going to pray with you and encourage you and stand with you. But sing out this song as a testimony of God's amazing love and grace. Give him thanks for being your king, for watching over you and your family and meeting your needs. Whether you're a family of one or a family of many, give him thanks tonight. Say, thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Give him praise, honor, and glory. Praise your name, Lord. Father, we're believing you to do the supernatural, and that's what you've done. 
We've seen, Lord, people give their life to you. Another saying, God, I can't carry this burden anymore. I release it to you. God, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and there's going to be hundreds of people that normally don't even come to church. Let us be an inviting church. Let us be a loving church. Let us be a caring church. And let us show the love of Jesus to a broken, broken city. And I thank you for everyone watching online. Encourage them and speak into their spirit right now. I pray in Christ's glorious name. Amen. Amen. Next Sunday's Easter. We have a lot of overflow room. Invite your family and friends. Get some invitation cards. Take them with you and hand them out. God bless you, church. We love you so much.